Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. no need to smooch the hineys of our guests. It's honor enough to be on this fine radio show, but we, I, we, will tell you this. Not only is Roger Hedgecock one of our favorite people in radio and politics, he's just one of our favorite people to talk to on the air or off. He's the mayor of San Diego, syndicated talk show host, writer, thinker, realist, Roger Hedgecock. Roger, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm great, guys, and, and thanks for having me on. It's always a privilege to talk to you. That's been too long. We yeah. really need to do this regularly. I don't know what, where to start, I mean, because we got the debate and everything, but this is top of mind just because I just, I just saw it up on the TV. So a poll has come out. 51% of Americans th- think Trump is racist. Trump's response was, I'm the least racist person in the world. <laughs> which, of course. Of course it was. <laughs> which I find fantastic. Wow. Anyway, any comment on that whole dust-up about the, the tweets and the being racist before we move on to the debate? Well, I think that Trump has won this thing on Baltimore because everybody, back to the Revolutionary War Congress, 
uh, has been criticizing Baltimore, uh, and just because they're sarcastic enough in that city to call themselves the Charm City, <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Uh, the mayor, the previous mayor uh, of uh, Pew of uh, Baltimore, uh, was talking in her campaign all the time about the smell of rats. And I think, as you pointed out last night, one of the local uh, stand-up reporters, uh, this reporter Ed, was out there, and she was uh, doing a little stand-up on how Baltimore was so incensed about these charges of being a rat-infested city. And at the same time, the cameraman pans over to a pile of junk behind her, out of which comes a large rat. About the size of a schnauzer. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought, you know, I mean, these people can't be making uh, Trump's point, uh, you know, enough. uh, enough. They're certainly doing a good job of, of making what he said absolutely true well not only that and that's absolutely a great point but those of us who think racism is insidious and corrosive and evil and 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 a hundred other things when you call absolutely everything you don't like racist that absolutely removes the ability to use that word to achieve anything good that was part of trump's response today to that poll is that well people have used the term racist so often it's gotten watered down and what does it mean now that that's that's a decent way to look at it no it is and i think that's absolutely true it's, it's an overused word at this point and it just makes you know no sense it's just like calling somebody a nazi i mean seriously uh, <laughs> it's so overused that it has no meaning so as you watch the the debates here the clips and the analysis and look at the uh the unicornian uh wing of the democratic party versus the poor beleaguered realists do you have a sense of who's got the better chance to prevail in the primary and, and why the activists of the, of the Democratic Party, the leftists, uh, were, were celebrating today all over the media the victory, as they saw it, of Warren and Sanders uh, uh, and their and their populist um, socialism uh, defeating the, the the more realist centrists, uh, the um, Steve Bullock, Montana governor, or Delaney, that Maryland congressman, and their attempts to try to uh, bring a little realism into it. Somebody else did a tally, by the way, of the cost of all of the. Hey, if you elect me and I'll give you free, you know, fill in the blank, uh, the cost of all that, just by what was said last night, $200 trillion. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I mean, we're on that bandwagon 100%, but man, I, you just can't get, especially your rabble in the uh, in the crowd to give a damn about what something costs. You've, I mean, this, well, you've run for the office. The kids are planning the vacation. You've run for office. It's always been true. You know, if you're a politician and, you, and you're, you're up there, I, I assume it's always been true, and uh, whether or not it was true for, for you, you could tell us, um, that you say some things that you realize are, you know, uh, playing to the audience a little bit, not 100% accurate or not doable or whatever, but it's part of what you have to do to win. Um, is that just the way it's always been, and are we in a worse stage of that now than we've been in recent times? Well, we're certainly in a worse stage. Back in back in the day, it was a long time ago. I mean, I won a lot of elections locally here in San Diego, but I, I just um, uh, didn't. You know, as a as a practicing lawyer, I just thought, you know, you can't overpromise because then you got to go in there and actually do it. Uh, and you remember the old Robert Redford movie, The Candidate, where he he gets elected and then he turns to his campaign manager and says, "Now what do I do?" Yeah. And so it's a you know you don't want to be in that position. But today these people are in that position. I think the winner last night, by the way, of this debate was Donald Trump, because if he gets one of these crazies as an opponent, no one's going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, he's a universally unpopular guy who you wouldn't want to have over for dinner, uh, for fear of what he would say about your next door neighbor's mixed marriage or whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, 
it's a uh, you know it's, it's a situation in which he's going to have to come up against somebody that you, you you look at the the choice and you say just like with Clinton you look at the choice and say no 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 I can't go that way that's just too much I mean basically these radical socialist Democrats are trying to make Americans believe that lowering their take home pay will be a good thing. Right. Well, yeah, the government will take that money and use it far more efficiently than private enterprise ever could, which is uh, that's that's rich. And nobody believes that, given given the headlines, particularly take an example of what the VA has meant over the last decade. Legendary uh, talk radio host Roger Hedgecock, the uh, former mayor of San Diego, is on the line. You know, this is more of an essay question, Roger, as opposed to being ripped from today's headlines, but I can't uh, can't resist. Where's the Republican Party going to be post-Trump, and, and what's it going to stand for? It's going to have to regroup, isn't it obvious? I mean, the, the conservatives have given up the number one thing that they have talked about for 75 years that I know about, uh, and that is uh, fiscal, uh, uh, cons- you know, conservatism, uh, uh, balancing the budget, uh, not uh, borrowing so much money. I mean, Trump has borrowed more money on a per year basis than, than Obama ever did. I mean, we're 22 trillion, and there's no way at a certain point you can even conceive of that being paid back. And yet, here's Trump demanding that the Federal Reserve, and they may have already done it this morning, lower the interest rate, and in effect, uh, you know, lower the value of the dollar to be more competitive internationally, at the same time everybody else is lowering the value of their currency in a race to the bottom, while we accumulate huge debts that can't be paid. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be a moment of reckoning here in all of this when people stop buying those bonds and when the a government can no longer <laughs> coerce people uh, like the uh, 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 teachers' union uh, pension fund in California to buy these things. So I'm I'm a, I'm really a kind of wondering with you. What happens after Trump? Because there's no other Trump. And, and, and you, you get these people like Pence and everybody else, kind of conservatives in a more traditional mode. What are they going to say about the eight years they spent running up a bigger debt than Obama did? Wow. And, you know, you could end up with a situation if the Democrats nominate one of the, uh, the Santa Claus candidates and, and they lose 45 states. So the Democrats would have to completely figure out what are we uh, what are yeah. we? Uh, and and the and the Republicans would have four more years of Trump, but then they'd they'd be in a complete what are we situation. You have both parties really starting from scratch. What what are we now? Hmm. Well, that's a very good point. As a nation, what are we? What are our values? Are we really still faithful to the Constitution, or is that just such a a mirage at this point uh, that we're so far past constitutional restraints on government that it's uh, we might as well throw it out? Uh, or are we going to re- recommit to? a limited government whose function is to preserve our liberty. Boy, I, I, I dream of that day. I'm not sure it's ever going to happen. So, uh, Roger Hedgecock, you're not old enough to be my dad unless there's like some teenage pregnancy thing going on, but you're old enough to be my cool uncle, like the one who slips me beer at family gatherings when, <laughs> I, when I'm just 18. Uh, so let me ask you this. As a guy who's been an observer of politics for a very long time, there's so much of politics that just is disgusting and dumb, and and I just, I, there's days I just can't can't stand it anymore. I remember the brilliant Charles Krauthammer used to say, listen, that grubby, dumb stuff is the way you get office. And once you have office, you can do the good and beautiful stuff. Do you agree with Charles? What, what do you say to our listeners who find themselves just exhausted by this stuff? Well, it's been true forever. Uh, it isn't something in our age. Uh, politics is a dirty, messy business. One politician, a friend of mine, used to say that you 
never want to watch laws being made, and you never want to watch sausage being made because it's the same problem. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a, a, a universal thing that getting together and hashing out something that all of us can agree, or at least a majority can agree, is the way forward. Is always a messy business. Whether you're talking about a dictatorship, witness Maduro in Venezuela and the problems he's having, uh, and uh, or or uh, Xi in in China, or it's a democracy, uh, witness Britain and trying to come to gr- grips with Brexit. This is a messy business, uh, and people have to realize that it's a messy business because people are messy people. Uh, you know, we we have a lot of conflicting internal. Uh, things going on, as Marianne Williamson pointed out, my favorite Democrat candidate, by the way, Marianne Williamson <laughs> right. pointed out last night. I mean, I want that bumper sticker. I'm for Marianne, and yes, I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, you're slapping the beer out of my hand at the family reunion <laughs> and saying, "Grow up, you naive little sap." Okay, yes, and get a job. Get your air. Final comment. Any? Ex- you have any expectations for tonight's debate? What are we going to see? Well, Biden, of course, is the focus, and I think, as you pointed out last night, uh, he's bound to be to look foolish and old and, and out of it, and he carries 50 years of baggage. And I think that the hope is the, the Democrats hope for a centrist candidate that can um, uh, fool the public into voting for them again, so they can get in and enact all this uh, socialist stuff anyway, is going to go down the drain tonight. But we'll see what happens. Biden, of course, is the challenge. Uh, he knows it. He knows he blew it the last time with Kamala Harris and all that talking over each other didn't uh, help him. He's going to have to come out uh, shining tonight and looking uh, in command and presidential, or I think there's going to be some real trouble for him. Roger Hedgecock. Roger, we have to do this again soon. Thanks a million. Love it. Thanks, guys. Great. Thanks for the time. He's a good pundit. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And just I, a hell of a likable guy, too. I know. He, uh, you know, Roger thinks that. You, you think Biden's going to go down in flames. If he goes down in flames, man, this thing is wide the hell open. Oh, I know it is. And that's when you wonder if uh, Oprah, Gavin Newsom, I don't know, somebody comes out and thinks that it's wide open. I might as well. Right. Well, and listen, uh, prognostication is worth squat once the event happens. So I apologize for wasting your time, but you tell me what in his past or present would indicate to you Joe Biden's going to come out like a champion tonight. You tell me, please, please. Joe Biden is a dummy. And it ain't going to happen. <laughs> dummy. Right, we, got, we got more. Of dummy. That and a bunch of other stuff on the way. Our text line 415-295-KFTC. Join the conversation, won't you? Armstrong and Getty. Spread the truth. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, you can now buy matching Hawaiian shirts for you and your dog on Etsy. You know, in case your dog also gets divorced. Wow. 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 David Spade's funny, and he's got a new talk show on Comedy Central, and he doesn't do politics. See, that's funny. I think it's Seth Meyers, because their voice is kind of similar. And similar. uh, I wonder to what Their inflections are similar. Yeah, they are very similar now that you mention it. I wonder to what extent Seth Meyers is a disciple of David Spade. Because he'd have been the perfect age to be really into him. I see a lot of similarities in their style. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet Seth Meyers was huge in David Spade when he was like a high school kid. Yeah, and then ended up being the head writer for Saturday Night Live years later. Yeah. Well, here's some exciting news, ladies and germs. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley is said to Ooh. be ready 
because she's in terrible financial trouble. I saw this. Ready to drop the blockbuster book about Elvis and her husband, Michael Jackson. She Remember has, that? She has got info that people have wondered forever about her dad, Elvis, and her mom, and that whole thing. Yeah. And obviously the Jacko stuff. Now, the gallery books, uh, folks, prom- uh, and I quote, uh, the book promises shocking revelations about Michael Jackson and a completely new understanding of Elvis. I don't know that I need a new understanding of Elvis, honestly. First of all, Elvis has been over-discussed in American society, not under. I think we and get it. He was he was, he was uh, on the cutting, the early edge of this sort of thing. But we now, edge, edge, they say. We now all get <laughs> Sorry. rock stars killing themselves with drugs. So. Well, not only that, yeah, he was a, a, a handsome, super talented, sensitive kid from the country. He had w- global fame wash over him. It freaked him out, and he ended up dead. It's it's tragic, but I don't know how much more I need to hear about that. Um. Anyway, so but, uh, we'll we would see. all like to know more about Michael Jackson. Why, why did he? Why was he? What's he doing? What was he marrying you for? Why do you, Why do you marry that other grown woman when he seemed to be into small boys? In '03, uh, she said, "I believed he didn't do anything wrong, but I wanted to save him." She's said in the past he chose drugs and sycophants over her. Well, I'm sure that's and true. nine-year-old boys over her. Now, oh, okay. if, she, if she's going to deny the reality of that, well, that ain't going to be much of a book. So just a little follow-up, if I might. How many of you people saw the movie Blue Hawaii? I've seen it, Elvis. My wife and I listened to that on YouTube just the <laughs> other day. How many times? <laughs> if you've never listened to that, it's hilarious. Oh, Elvis's rants yeah. during his extended uh, residency in Las Vegas. Bellboys, Jack, freaks that bring your bags up to the room. <laughs> like to rip their tongue out by the roots. <laughs> They said I was strung out. I was sick, man. I was sick. I never been nothing but high on music in my life, ladies and gentlemen. Never hey. eight years. Woo! Hey. You're not obviously your tongue out by the roots. <laughs> right. So, you know, he would he'd be completely pilled up. I mean, rattling like a like a Tic Tac dispenser <laughs> and and denying that he ever did drugs and flying to see Dick Nixon. Then he'd go up on stage in Las Vegas and sometimes the pills would get the better of him and he'd just unleash on these rants as these wide-eyed mouth-agape housewives from Omaha would sit there in their seats thinking, what the hell? Uh, but some of it's pretty entertaining. Maids, bellboys, little freaks who bring your bags up to the room. <laughs> Like to rip their well. Anyway, I said that already. So a little, uh, a little follow up. We're days ago about the utterly idiotic, were it not so insidious, speech codes on the colleges in Colorado State. Their their draft speech code got released and was full of all sorts of crap. I mean, just this this. Only in the bubble of academia, where everybody's competing like rats for the last scrap of meat to show how enlightened they are, could this bubble up to the top. But they were saying that all sorts of things students shouldn't said shouldn't say, including hip hip hooray, because that had its origins in Nazi Germany. Well, number one, if nobody thinks of it that way. It doesn't matter. And number two, that has been refuted by major UK universities, dictionaries, linguists, everybody. It dates back to at least 1830, if not older than that. It's clearly an English thing. And if the Germans did it, well, who cares? So not only are they just psychos, 
ideologically, but nobody ever stands up and says, not only is that harmless, but that's not true. That's what the atmosphere is like in academia these days. You don't dare stand up to the lunatics. It is just cuckoo nuts. What's next in your news? Hooray for academia. What's in your news, Marshall? Bernie Sanders on fire at last night's debate. Yes, he was. He clearly was. You're wrong. Fully inflamed. Armstrong and Getty. Marshall Phillips, hit us with those headlines. All right, my friends, a clear divide between leading liberal Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and the more moderate candidates. This was all central during last night's presidential debate. Warren and Sanders both advocating, among other things, Medicare for all. If you want stability in the health care system, if you want a system which gives you freedom of choice with regard to doctor or hospital, which is a system which will not bankrupt you, the answer is to get rid of the profiteering of the drug companies and the insurance companies move to Medicare for all. All right, with with all due respect to Uncle Cuckoo, I mean, some of those things are absolutely problems, but the idea that making government in charge of all medical care is the solution? Are you insane? What planet are you from? Yeah, Jonah Goldberg's tweet last night was, I like the idea that socializing medicine will reduce bureaucracy. I mean, that's, no, that's, I, I don't know how you come to that conclusion, but, but big government people have felt that way forever. Well, and to quote uh, Craig, the Obamacare uh, guru, these blanking fools want us to hand our entire health care system over to the same bureaucratic machinery that told us eggs and meat are bad, carbs and margarine are good, and sugar doesn't make us sick. That ignorant political machine is a primary reason we're all so sick to begin with. Well, and even more than that, to my mind, you got an example out there. It's like you ran an experiment. What would government health care look like? Let's create an entire medical system for our veterans and see how the government would do at running health care. A dry run, if you will. It's on display. While Elizabeth Warren turned out to be the most tweeted about last night, New Age author Marianne Williamson waking up this morning as the most Googled candidate. As for what caused the spike... God, she's going to write a book and just kill it. She's written like 11. (laughs) Well, I know, but nobody knew who she was. I didn't know know who she was. Oh, nobody knew who she was. She's got the the, the Oprah anointed oils on her. Oprah touched her head with the sword. Yeah, the Oprah crowd, she was, which is a very big crowd. She was was known in the Oprah crowd, but I'd never heard her name in my life. Yep. And and now, you know, I'll never forget her. She's gone main, main, mainstream. The uh, spike, according to Google, was set off by her comment about a dark psychic force in regards to the Flint, Michigan water crisis. If you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. We need to say it like it is. It's bigger than Flint. It's all over this country. It's particularly people of color. It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back. And if the Democrats don't start saying it, then why would those people feel that they're there for us? And if those people don't feel it, they won't vote for us. And Donald Trump will win. Thank you very much, Ms. Williams. Tell you what, 
Well, she, her, she's a little out there, but she was on her game last night. Yeah. The most interesting thing I learned today is that she's 67. So apparently <laughs> the crystals and the chakras and the sleeping in the, the chamber, that's good for your health. <laughs> After the debate, Williamson was asked by a reporter, How are you going to beat Trump's dark psychic force? With love. Let me tell you something. Only light casts out darkness and only love casts out hatred. He has collectivized hatred. Where but she's not a, that she's, come from? But she's not a Christian, right? Because those are all Christian lines. Yeah. Well, I am not going to wade into that because I don't want to read these sh- seven thousand and six emails. I will tell you this: she became a student of, a devotee of this like twelve hundred page or I can't remember a series of revelations that some doctor, or psychologist, psychiatrist, a gal in New York in the seventies had. She believed Jesus was speaking to her. Uh, you know, uh, Amanda Woman. Okay, and, so she and did wrote take it that all stuff. down. And the stuff I've seen is very Jesus-y. Well, that was. I'm not going to get into That was straight out of the Bible. Don't, don't argue with me via email. I don't want to read it. <laughs> argue with Joe. I won't read them. <laughs> but so she's out there preaching love and understanding and light casting out darkness and the rest of it. Um, and, and uh, you know, some uh, some self-helpy versions of that as well. Gotcha. So it's it's not... It's not crazy. I couldn't identify that thing around her neck. I thought it was a cross to start with, but it was some cross-ish sort of thing. I wonder if that's part of that whole uh, my Jesus is better than your Jesus uh, I don't know. thing that she's into. But mm. uh, So anyway, yes, yeah, so that's how she came to the fore. She became like the world's number one authority on that Alterna Bible. Just announced this morning, the Trump administration says it will set up a system allowing Americans to legally access lower-cost prescription drugs from Canada. Health and Human Services wow. Secretary uh, Alex Azar making the announcement today. Azar himself, a former <laughs> drug in- industry executive, says U.S. patients will be able to import medications safely and effectively with oversight from the Food and Drug Ooh, Administration. Wow. So Trump Trump tried to do this whenever it was a couple of weeks ago, and we thought it was solved, and the courts said no uh, for a variety of reasons. But if he if he manages to take this one off the Democrats' plate, and it is solved, oh. that's that's going to be that's going to hurt the yeah. bees. Oh, it's going to kill him. This reminds me so much of, of Bill Clinton and the way he operated. Putting aside the whole intern groping thing, he was a brilliant <laughs> tactician. Um, uh, politically speaking, you know, use a cigar like a wand. <laughs> yeah, stop it. He, uh, you know, the triangulation, the figuring. Okay, what advantage do they have? How do I make that my advantage? This would be a brilliant stroke by uh, Trump. All right, my friends. It seems like, and I wouldn't mind seeing drugs be less expensive. Seems oh, like, yeah, Bernie had some good lines last yeah. night, and I've seen him on the campaign trail. But last night in Detroit, he was able to say five minutes across this border, and you can buy this drug for half the price. You know, it is. That's the easiest impersonation to do in the world, is the Bernie saying. Everybody, I disagree. Uh, mine's way better than yours. Everybody, you can do it poorly, but to do it well. Everybody to capture the nuance. But everybody does a decent Bernie. There are a lot of impersonations, you know, it's really impossible to do. But everybody does. You know who it is. It's a good It's a good impersonation if you can tell who it is, right? I will grant you that. I feel like Nuriev being told that anyone can dance. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, It certainly seems like it's getting harder to keep track of the different types of moons there are after a year. (laughs) No kidding. Where did all these moons come from? After a year of blue, red, wolf, and super moons, not over yet, my friends. Tonight, we have another one, a black super moon. Now, you 
You ask yourself, what is that? Well, a black moon is pretty rare and happens when there are two new moons in the same month. I'm... It's Black Moon History Month. So it's a, a black supermoon? Is that what you say yes. it is? Yes, it is. What? But will I be able to see it or will it just be all dark? Well, it's going to be pretty dark. It's going to be pretty hard to see. But uh, the... well, what about it's so black? I... So I can claim it's anywhere to my kids, then, right? right? Yeah, it's right, right. there. The yes. black supermoon. Yes. Go to bed. I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. a new... It's coming for your soul when you sleep. Just take my word. That for was it. Sean's Bernie. See? Dead on. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew what that was. <laughs> anyway, the black moon is the second of two new moons in the same month, and a super moon is when the moon is at its closest point to our planet, which it will be tonight. There you go. Run for your lives. <laughs> <laughs> or sacrifice something. Right. Yes. Uh, a, a chicken or a virgin if you can find one. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Apparently, Laura Ingram does a Bernie Sanders impersonation that has a Russian accent to try to add the whole Soviet thing to it. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's a little I, twist on it. I, I, well, I give her points for, uh, you know, degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, I have this thing is just echoing around in my head, and I really want to say it, but it's so serious. We've ended this segment on such a delightfully cheery note. I just... I don't know. I don't want to... We got a bunch of texts about the Bible and Marianne Williamson that you can respond to. Oh, Whether or not she's a Christian or whatever. Leave me alone, you bully. (laughs) Uh, That's between you and God. Don't, don't, you don't have to sell me. And your talk show host. No. Your favorite talk show host. No, no, it's not. (laughs) It's none of my business. The lines are open. Forget that I, forget that I brought it up. (laughs) Oh, boy. More analysis on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we don't want to analyze this thing to death, I guess, but and we already have. So, um, realizing that uh, you know most of you don't listen to the entire four-hour show, so I want you to get a little dose of what happened in the debate last night with the. Uh, to me, being can you play that short version of the Elizabeth clip because that's 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 really the gist of the whole thing. Let me promise this to you, my friends. Right after we do this, something that will appeal to everyone. I like that. I, think I don't that, understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. Well, I I appreciate that. That summarizes the entire. Uh, Contest. It summarizes the entire contest. Um, and you're on one side or the other of it as a Democrat, I guess. Um, well, if I were John Delaney, for instance, I would have said. And you looked like Bill, the neighbor from King of the Hill. Right. Sean just sent me a side by side of John Delaney. Same guy. It's the, 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 it's not, it's not Dale Gribble. We all know who he is. 
Hank Hill's friend. Hank. And we all know Boomhauer because he can't talk. Right, but his right, other right. friend, Bill, was a barber, I think? Yeah, Army barber. <laughs> That's right, the Army barber, <laughs> who was wearing a tank top a lot right. uh, and standing out there in the alley with him. That's who John Delaney looks exactly like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> shocking. But anyway, if I were him, um, I would have said, no, I didn't run for president to say what we couldn't do, but your ideas are ludicrous. They won't work. You're a crank, and somebody ought to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. But that's the whole game. All right, summarized. So, so a couple of. Oh, did we want to do your choice? That other tape. I don't know. How long is it? Ninety seconds. <sighs> we can right, stop it at any time. Yeah, I don't. What do you? Good I point. haven't heard it. P.S. Do you say yes or no? I think it's fine, and it, it's it's just a basic. Fine. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. Eh. All right. Fine. I remember an old associate of ours used to yell at me for using the word fine. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. I thought it was nice. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice, fine. It's the same word. means nothing. <laughs> so, ah. Uh, You're wrong. Uh, is it insightful? Uh, it It's confirming things that we already know to be true. Jack. We'll let it roll and we'll shut it off. We don't like it. This is MSNBC. I look to channels like MSNBC to uh, evaluate this sort of stuff. It ain't my ballgame. Where Democratic voters are, the folks who are going to vote in the primary versus where general election voters are. There are some interesting divides here. This question of Medicare for all without private insurance. That was a major part of this debate tonight. You see Democratic voters, more than two to one support this. 64% support, 31% oppose. Ask the same question to all Americans. General election voters, the folks who vote in November, very different story. 41% say it's a good idea. A majority, 54% say it's a bad idea. How about this one? How about decriminalizing border crossings? That obviously came up again tonight as it did the first debate. Democrats are split on this question. 45 support 47 opposed how about all voters general election voters overwhelming opposition on that 27 66 another issue you heard about this is national health insurance should there be a program that makes it available to undocumented immigrants again among democrats basically two to one support for that proposition really 32 among general election voters complete opposite and one more that came up late in the night that question of reparations payments amongst democrats 46 support 40% 40% say bad idea among all voters again. 2762. So you see those sort of wow, moderate that's, candidates. That's good this- enough. So it's almost entirely uh, either 50 50 Democrats or Democrats approve of it, and then two thirds of three quarters of the general election population says, no, we're not going to give illegal immigrants health care. And yes, crossing the border illegally is illegal. And I do think it's interesting wow. that that was aired on MSNBC after the debates. Yeah, you know, I was just handed this from CNN. Winners and losers from the first night of the debate. Number one winner was Bernie Sanders. What were you watching? So a totally different uh, topic. You can condemn something 100% and still want to understand it. Heard the story, maybe you heard it too, a news story, um, about a Navy SEAL who's going to spend every day of his natural life in another 70 years behind bars for repeated child molestation and child porn. I don't want to go into it any farther because it's sickening. A guy with the discipline of a Navy SEAL, the self-control of a Navy SEAL, a guy who could deny himself pleasure 
the pleasure of not being in horrible pain to become a Navy SEAL and to stay a SEAL in good standing, to be a child molester, a, uh, just over and over and over child molester. What is that? They'd have called it a demon back in the day. How can an impulse be that powerful that a guy like that can't resist it and indulges in it over and over and over again? I know, And it's even worse than that. Again, I don't want to bring you down. I know people that are incredibly successful in every area of their life that requires a tremendous amount of discipline that are alcoholics. It's just the one thing they have no control over. Yeah, I get that. I don't know and why that works that way. I, nobody knows. Well, and everything that happens in your brain is chemical, but I kind of get that one more. Wow, that's just so incredibly troubling. Someday we'll figure out what kink in the human mind or soul causes that, and maybe we'll be able to to, to get rid of it. But it just uh, blows my mind. Yeah. Blows my mind. I hadn't heard that story, and I probably don't want to. Yeah, but. yeah. Sorry to bring it up. You know me, Mr. Killjoy, Mr. Serious About Everything, Mr. Oh God, he showed up. Axios. <laughs> well, I'll save this for my final thought, which is now. Right. Yeah, okay. Final thought with A-N-G. Yeah. Whoa! I decided to go with wool instead of yeah. <laughs> the song says yeah. Yeah, I'm mixing it up. That's and the... she's buying an escalator to heaven. Do you sing that along, too? That, that was the house mix. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everyone. Hey, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I have confirmed there is indeed a Marshall Phillips Road in Vermont, and I want to thank the fine folks in that state for the extreme honor naming this vital artery after this humble newsman. you got to steal a road sign. Oh, and by the way, I am available for any ribbon-cutting or celebratory parade you would like to have me serve as your Grand Marshal. You know, it would confuse people if you donated and got that sign, this section of Marshall Phillips uh, Boulevard, cleaned up by Marshall Phillips. <laughs> that freaked people out. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yes, uh, Pete Buttigieg, Edge Edge, they say, uh, continues to be the most impressive candidate on any stage that he stands on, from my perspective. He's too young. If Gotta it were, be 80 plus. If it were 1992, back when people talked like that, he'd be in good shape. People don't talk like that anymore. Michelangelo, your final thought? Uh, yeah, Joe Biden tonight. He basically needs to throw his podium and scream to all the candidates, you want a piece of this? Bring it on. <laughs> I may be old, but I can still kick your butt. <laughs> wow, beautiful. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Yeah, on that theme, Axios is reporting that Cory Booker... And uh, and others on the stage are going to take a page out of Kamala Harris's successful, in quotes to me, attack on Biden from last debate. And that's their plan for tonight. Go heavy at Biden, Biden heavy and hard on race stuff. We'll see how that goes. My final thought is, thank goodness, Pennsylvania authorities have apprehended the woman who peed on the potatoes at a Walmart. Your potatoes are now safe, although I'd wash them nonetheless. Got to be a drunk thing, right? Well, yeah. Well, or completely crazy. Yeah, she didn't look crazy. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> you look crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bernie Sanders looks crazy, but he's no potato peer. No, he's so not crazy. Now you make an excellent point. Yeah. I stand corrected. <laughs>
<laughs> she doesn't look crazy. Armstrong. Well, she and doesn't Getty. look potato peeing crazy. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go, please, to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to make a comment or just something we ought to be talking about, send it along. I think tonight there will be fireworks. I mean, I thought last night would be a snoozer, and tonight will be fireworks. We'll see. Joe Biden will come off as a way past his prime old hack. Oh, that'd be something. See you tomorrow with the highlights. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I I did not say that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase what you're doing? I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.